And we just want to give a huge birthday shout out to Janet Brown, Janet Brown Polling. Yay, Janet! She's excellent. Stop sharing her shit without her permission. Happy birthday, Janet. Welcome back to Women of AV Polly's Your Province, Your Problem. I'm your host, Deirdre Mitchell McLean. I'm her co-host, the especially grumpy Kiki Planet. <laughs> and I'm Lindsay. They just can't shake me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is debate night in Alberta, and all three of us have just finished watching the debate, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to make this episode of the podcast a little bit more exciting than that debate was. It has to because, be because, um, <laughs> wow, yawns. I mean, it can't be any. It can't be any blender. <laughs> that, uh, I, I, what? What a waste of an hour, really. Yeah, I could, was... I could have been scrubbing grout or something. <laughs> Fuck. So yeah, okay. So I I did a little bit of fact checking as as we were going because Lindsay and I were on, and as as uh, patrons will find out when they get the. Uh, unedited version we did unrecord at one point and have a little bit of commentary and then we and then we press stop record again and so that's going to seem weird uh (laughs) but we were thinking that we would do that every commercial and uh yeah and then there wasn't another commercial no those weren't really commercials yeah, I don't know what so it was did. a little bit off, and um, yeah. but and I didn't watch it. I listened, so I'm I'm going to rely on you and Lindsay to tell me about body language. So I just listened to it. Um, we'll we'll talk about some of the fact checking. Was I guess let's start with obviously the overall uh, feel of this debate was I'm never getting that time back. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've not had a lot of time to digest or think about it. We're, we're 20 minutes post the end of the debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into some of the nuances as we go on here, of course. But uh, my takeaway is, is twofold. Uh, Danielle Smith went in with a, a job of tying Notley to Justin Trudeau. I think she knows, her team knows at least, that uh, that's the best weapon they have right now because they really can't fight Notley on much else. They can fight her on the economy and just try to tie her to Trudeau as much as possible because, you know, if they hate Trudeau, they'll hate Notley too. I think Or, Notley, or Jamie Singh. Or, right. or, yeah. And she pronounces his name wrong and it, it bothers me. Uh, beyond that... How does she pronounce it? She isn't purposely, it well, it's not pronounced like jug. Like jug? Okay. And she says jug. Okay. Like a hillbilly jug. And that's not the way to pronounce it. But it's also not jag. Mm. No. It's, and, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard for, honestly, for white people to, to say, but it's yes. jug me. Yes. Ah. There you go. It's more Beautiful. like if you're saying uh, jeb. Oh, Okay. It's okay, closer so to more, that than it is to jug. More like an E sound than a... Okay. Yeah, but like a, a, a truncated E. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. I, I think I'm thinking after watching that debate that the NDP internal polling's got to be lit. Like it has got to be on fire because my perception is Notley didn't go into that debate 
with the goal of gaining more voters, she went into that debate with let's not lose any. Because I didn't see anything from her that would suggest to me that uh, she had to hit Danielle hard to pull in more voters. She was presenting herself as calm, measured, reasonable, which Notley is. She she very much is a calm, measured, reasonable, moderate sort of person. And I think that was her goal tonight. Um, Danielle Smith's performance was classic Danielle Smith. She is very good on camera. She is a very good uh, speaker, but she's media. Yeah. So, of course, she will be. And Albertans, for some 15 years now, have continued to be deceived by her perky, cheery, chirpy, chatty <laughs> that hides her. the psycho underneath. And, yeah, like, you know, like I said before we started, I, I don't I, I don't think this debate is going to do much to move the needle either way, which is probably what Notley wanted and probably not what... Danielle wanted at all. Um, okay. I, I don't see it changing much either. Um, and I think, you know, we could have had, um, and I think, you know, everyone was always hoping for the Alberta needs to look in the mirror comment. Or, math is hard. Math is hard. <laughs> That's no way to speak uh, to a donor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, and so there, there was, there was no real, there was no real gotcha moments. I think in this, in this debate, it, it happened. It's not really going to move the needle too much. I think it was interesting. One thing I, I noticed pretty early on is Notley spoke directly to Smith, and Smith at no point spoke back to her directly. Um, I think it was yeah. an interesting tactic. Um, I think that it is. Um, uh, I, I think that it was. Uh, an attempt to to shake or or um sort of uh put smith off her game um mm-hmm. and to try and drag her into into a back and forth and say what you want she she successfully uh did not get dragged down that way um yeah. which i think is you know to her credit um she was very focused she was very on message and um and i think the as well the ndp did a pretty good job of um, anticipating the comments that Smith would make, because you could see it in some of the back and forth where Smith would make a would answer a question, and Notley's response was dead on, responding exactly to what she said, and you could tell it was a practiced answer. It was yeah. not off the cuff. These were these were her prepared her prepared answers that happened to fit very very well into the narrative that Smith is trying to play. I took, yeah. a, I, I rewrote my diploma exam in whatever year that was, but grade 12. And I studied, we, we were given a copy of an exam that was, I guess, a perfect exam. And that was the only thing that I had studied. I mean, I read the books, but that this was the, this was the only thing I studied. And the first thing I did when we went to write the exam, actually, and so did my friend, he went and checked the question as to whether or not I could use the only thing I fucking studied. And I could. <laughs> so just saying, I understand how beneficial that is when you have canned answers and they work perfectly with all the questions. Yeah, but I think the concern I had tonight is there was a lot of canned answers 
that actually work to their detriment. Well, I think Notley was so focused on, you know, the answers that she was prepared for, that she was holding in her pocket, that when there were opportunities to pounce, she, she did not take those opportunities. Hey, and, that's what I so, felt too. And this is why I'm saying that the only, because we've seen Notley perform. She's yeah. scrappy and she's smart. And I didn't see that in her tonight, but th that leads me right back to what I said a few minutes ago about how I think their polling must be really good right now. Their internals people. We're not talking about Abacus or Janet Brown or main street or three thirty eight or anyone else. We're talking about internal pollings. That's the polling that parties do on their own for their purposes. And the general public never sees that polling. That's yeah, part yeah. of the campaign work. And I, the internal polling, I'll, I'll give an example. When um, the last time Danielle was uh, running for this job, she was running against uh, Allison Redford and the PCAA. And everyone thinks it was a big surprise election night that the WRP didn't win. They were the favorite. They were going to end the PCAA dynasty. But if you talk to insiders, if you talk to people who were actually working on the campaigns, if you talk to political strategists, um, Stephen Carter, just for one, uh, Stephen Carter would tell you that their internal polling showed throughout that election that they were going to win. No, where no, he yes. says that they were going to lose and they couldn't, they weren't able to change the dial. And then it was the blog post, but they don't know for sure that it was the blog post or if people just decided yeah. to come back, but, but he said they, that they were knew, on track to lose. They knew way before election night, they were going to win. He's been really clear about that. They knew before the voting happened. I don't think you're happened. listening to it as often as you should be, Kathleen. <laughs> or maybe Stephen <laughs> just says whatever he wants to say in the moment. There we go. Maybe maybe Carter's <laughs> inconsistent. How about that, Deirdre? <laughs> yeah, so, and, and I can give you maybe a more, a more recent example, but in 2017, when the Main Street poll came out in the Calgary um, civic election, having yeah. uh, 17 points up. Our internals showed that we were up, but it wasn't nearly that high. We were mm -hmm. we were off by about six points. Um, and you know, I could also tell you the day that our internals said that we lost, and it was not a good day. <laughs> uh, so, but to the point is, um, I can't imagine that um, the internal polling isn't saying that if not that they're doing really well, that they're neck and neck. Yeah, um, and that yeah. we're pulling within the margin of error. Um, and so really we're in that fuzzy space now that's so difficult to campaign in where the margin of error is larger than the difference between yes the results. yes um and, yeah. so, um, uh, you know, and i think know. that affected the performances tonight lindsay especially notley's i i think that's why we saw a more reserved notley tonight and i think that's why um I think by midway through the debate, Smith was really frustrated that every attempt she had made to bait Notley fell flat. Rachel Notley was not being baited tonight. So while I, I'm frustrated with the fact that she didn't pounce when I think she could have, when Danielle started going off about we trust trustees, hey, Rachel, they're like, jump in. 
remind Alberta that Danielle Smith caused so much dysfunction when she was on a school board that Ralph Klein shut it down. Literally fired them all. Literally yeah. fired them all. Come on, Rachel. I'm waiting. That so didn't that happen. Was, that was something else, too. So when when they were asked about what uh, policy of the other party that they actually support, and Rachel Notley brought up the, the film tax credit. And she failed. She well, failed on yeah, that. Because I was I was waiting for her to say we, you know, it it was it was an NDP policy or it was an N, yeah, it was an NDP um idea. It was in as grant funding. Yep. And the UCP changed it to a tax credit, and there was some chaos at the time, but I think that they've got it down now. Like she had the opportunity yeah. to really I, push that and didn't even well, didn't even mention it. And to take initiative. And on top of that, the UCP rolled it back when yeah. they first got into office. Uh -huh. Why didn't yeah. you say that, Rachel? The the UCP rolled it back, and then at some and then point had to re-implement the thing that the NDP had done. Yeah, that's and, right. And, yeah, so there were there so, were some. So the only people who would pick up on that are political nerds like us. Well, and super engaged political nerds. So, yeah, yeah I thought yeah. I thought that was a moment that. Um, Notley could have done better. Mm -hmm. I I also don't like that Notley was so gracious, like the Indigenous uh, Opportunities Fund, the Film and Television Fund. I or mean, Smith, uh, Smith did, gives yeah. Notley nothing back. It was Smith a real goes, bullshit answer back. Smith, Smith goes, <laughs> yeah, I agree with those two. Those were great initiatives on our part. Mm -hmm. Pats herself yeah. on the back. Which I think so, actually, if you if you pay attention to the whole sort of clip, um, rather than just one one piece, I think it just comes across honestly as a dick move. Like, yeah, we did great. The point of the question was to show something and to be gracious, to well, show that you can be gracious as and a to show as, you can be collaborative, to and show collaborative. you can be collaborative. And, you know, as government, because ultimately as, as fun as party politics is, you know, government is supposed to be for everybody and it's supposed to be doing the best thing for everyone. And, you know, his majesty's loyal opposition is just that his majesty's loyal opposition. The purpose of opposition is not to oppose. It's to hold the government to account. And right. so you have to be able to at that point say actually this is a good idea it does work because that's the purpose of the opposition it's not to just be contrarian for contrarian's sake yes right but i yes. think this, so i think that also adds to the point that daniel smith lives and breathes in a little tiny silo and does not get out of it yes. so it would not surprise me at all if she actually doesn't know any NDP policy well that, that she might agree or, with or there's there's also the fact that um Danielle doesn't seem to have the ability to be at all introspective <laughs> yeah. whereas Notley does <laughs> tonight uh they were both asked both candidates were asked the question why should Albertans trust you and Ooh. Notley gave uh you know, I mean, it wasn't a stellar answer. It, it's not going to be written in the annals of history, but she laid out her case. And when it was Smith's turn to answer, all Smith did was attack Notley. She did not give us one reason 
to trust her. It was, oh, it, it came across like, well, you might not trust me, but she's worse. <laughs> it didn't come across at all like she was giving us a reason to trust her. She and so, didn't answer the question. Okay. And so I was listening, also doing a little bit of fact checking, and Lindsay was actually watching. So what was your what was your take on that particular spot? Because it's not it's to, not jumping out on me at me. Yeah, I would tend to agree with uh Kathleen. It was uh um the the response from Notley, while not the floweriest or of prose nor the uh most succinct and, and eloquent answer it could have been danielle smith's answer was not an answer it was a non-answer and there was a couple points where, where she did something similar um yeah um, I, any and, at any point where she may have had to reveal something about herself where she may have had to be sincere where she may have had to be real danielle smith just goes on the attack and that's I'm concerning really for me because that's that's like a person who is as I said before, incapable of introspection and is so busy fighting and attacking all the time that there's nothing else. There's entirely, entirely. And what I would say is um in in watching her body language, um, you know, uh she was very um aggressive in her body language. She was pointing, she was hands up, she was and I and I'll say this as someone who like talks with their, their hands. I get it. It can be really um, disconcerting at times for some people, but I've I've taken a lot of time to figure out like I don't point. I actually do the I do the Obama thumb point. <laughs> That's a um, good idea because you don't want to point at judges if you're <laughs> if you are if you are a lawyer. Uh, True, like, they don't like so that. I do the Obama I do the Obama thumb point. It's how I talk, um, and uh, it, it took a long time for me to stop doing that or to stop pointing at people, um, and so. It was her, her body language was aggressive. Her hand motion, motions were aggressive. Her, her responses were not self-reflective. They were not introspective. They were very defensive. Um, they, you know, they gave us no insight into Danielle Smith, the person, um, you know, at the very least, I, I believed the, the statements Notley was making that Notley believed the statements Notley was making. I didn't feel that from Smith. And I think the problem is, is that the narrative they're trying to sell and they try to be cute about it at the end where she said, you know, I may be imperfect and you're my bosses. And I have, you know, despite the fact that I've said the same shit for 15 years, I have to listen to you now. Right. I didn't get that from her body language that she believed the words she was saying. No. Right. And so the message didn't ring true to me. You know, it didn't feel charismatic. It didn't feel heartfelt. No. Um, we didn't get the the eye contact that you would you would typically want to see that for someone who is telling their truth. Yeah, it was very well scripted. Do not get me wrong. Um, whoever wrote that did an excellent job on her closing. Yeah. Um, she did not do it justice in the delivery. In no, making it was she believes it. It was too much perkiness. It was too much of that fake, congenial perkiness. If we're talking about body language, though, um, I think I think Notley looked a little uncomfortable tonight. I know Rachel Notley is... Because they showed up wearing the same thing. Uh, well, I think because <laughs> she pulled out her jacket a couple times. Hey, I saw her adjust her it's jacket new. and pull out her jacket. And, <laughs> and I don't know... It, 
Rachel is not the hair and makeup and always looking perfect kind of woman. She is a riding horses, playing with her dogs, going for a jog kind of human. And I think sometimes when they've been made up, and I've seen it happen with uh, men in campaigns too, where there's a bad haircut or Trudeau growing the beard or not getting the haircut. You know what? Sometimes they can look uncomfortable. The change is too much all at once. And they don't feel right in it and it shows. It was a new blazer or if it was, uh, and it was just uncomfortable um, or if she was truly just like uncomfortable. And I, and I get that. I've seen uh, particularly the first time I have usually have male candidates wear makeup for the first time. Yeah. Um, like it gets super weird because they're like, I can't touch my face now. And I'm I've like, seen That's not this. True. I've um, seen this doing TV. And so they get like super weird about it. And it's like, they won't touch anything. They won't move their arms. And you're just like, yeah, you, you, can, you can be a regular person. You can touch your face. It's okay. Like, yeah. we can touch, not a big deal, but they're not used to it. Right. And it's, and, and, you know, if you've, if you've never worn, you know, facial makeup, um, it can, it can weigh on, it's, it's a weight on your skin, particularly if you have a uh, cons- uh, foundation on. And mm-hmm. so it's very uncomfortable. Um, but part of that goes to the debate prep, honestly, whoever was doing the debate prep didn't do it right. Yeah. If she was, if you, if she was up there in, you know, feeling uncomfortable, it means they didn't prep her in the right circumstances. So like yeah. one of the things I'm, I'm going to, you know, say I'm a lawyer. Um, one of the things about um, writing the LSAT that people don't do when they study is you actually have to mimic the exact environment um, environment you're going to be in when you write the test. It won't be quiet there will be other people like shuffling stuff. So you actually have to, one of the best ways to do it is actually to, to, to write a, or, or they won't write the test, you know, front to back, they'll only write it in sections. And so you have to mimic the entire experience of being in that debate. And it sounds like to me, I do have a good comparison. So back in 2012, we had a by-election in Calgary center. And I remember the only, I think it was the only it, it wasn't the only debate, but it was a big one. It was one Calgary votes. I'm not going to get into why I hate them and how they ruined that election. But um, we had four candidates, one of whom did not show up. The only woman, Joan Crockett, who ended up winning. Um, so we had three men on stage. And Dan Meads's suit was too small. This <laughs> suit was too big. And you can say a lot of... Uh, uh, things about Harvey Locke, but at least his suit fit, and he looked confident wearing it. Yeah, um, because he was of the three of them, probably the only guy up there who regularly wore a suit because he yeah. was a lawyer. Image um, matters he- in politics. Image matters in politics, and the politicians who get it are the ones who end up successful. Really, image matters. When people say Jason Kenney had no style, Jason Kenney was a schleppy dresser. Jason Kenny dressed like the people who like Jason Kenny. Yeah. And and to be honest, he he did go through periods where when he came back actually to run, he actually did start dressing better. Um when he started to trying to appeal to the more downtown conservative um, yeah. elite, he started dressing better. I remember I remember his win um I think it was the PC leadership. And we were, we were all out for drinks afterwards. Um, and 
I think it was the best I'd ever seen him look. He had dropped a bunch of weight. He had a haircut that looked real nice. And he was wearing, he looked very comfortable in the suit he was wearing. And he just looked comfortable. I actually don't think I've seen him look happier before or since. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and the. Stop being premier, so like, I don't know. But, um, none of us were taking all that much care of ourselves during the pandemic anyway. So if the premier true. of Alberta looked a little schleppy and red faced from time to time, didn't we all? Didn't I we mean, all? Didn't we all? <laughs> and we weren't under and near some the of us stress still wear yoga pants to work. <laughs> so it's nice. There you go. <laughs> okay. So the next one that I have to that I have to bring up, the other missed opportunity for Rachel Nolly was Daniel Smith said this at least twice because Lindsay and I lost our shit. <laughs> the Rachel Notley has been saying that I was out for months telling people that I was talking to prosecutors and I'm like, what? who the fuck oh was saying God. that? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why and did Rachel is- turn to her and say, no, that's what you said. That's what you to said, Danielle. Said to be months. clear, <laughs> the fact that you don't know what a crown prosecutor is does oh, not absolve you from the fact that you kept saying you were talking to them. She said it. She she said, I have spoken with the crown prosecutors at least once a I week. Can, yeah, I continue to talk with crown prosecutors all the time. Crown prosecutors. And I'm talking to crown prosecutors. She the reason she said it over and over. That's why there's no lawsuit happening. She can't. Like she's saying they defamed and they lied about her. No, they quoted her. I don't understand. So I read, I did read the whole report from the ethics commissioner because mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. I did this morning. Um and 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 just, in case, aside, just in case people weren't on Twitter today, what happened? The ethics commissioner finished their report today, their investigation. And uh they found so, that Danielle Smith. They they found that she uh, had created a conflict of interest under Section Three of the Conflicts of Interest Act because she had had conversations specifically with Tyler Shandra. Yes, or attempted to. Uh, Tyler has a very different uh, uh, recollection of those conversations, uh, which clearly goes to show that there is no love lost between the two of them. Oh, um, Tyler and- threw her under the bus. Yeah. Uh, yes. And so proud. ultimately, ultimately, she was found to have, have, have uh, violated the Conflicts of Interest Act insofar as she had those conversations. She was not found to have uh, violated the Conflicts of Interest Act in talking to a proud pro- crown prosecutor because Danielle Smith does not understand what a pr- crown prosecutor is. So she never actually yeah. talked to any of them, but it's not because she didn't think she hadn't. Yeah. And so she was saved by her own stupidity. Yeah. Isn't that enraging? Which, by the way, is not a great look. No. No. No, it's not. Oh, but that was, so that was the other thing. uh, um... Let's let's stop for a moment, though, because I I really need our audience to understand that. And I need them to let other people know that and explain it to them. That, yes, Danielle Smith did this. And the only reason she didn't do worse is because she was too stupid to do worse. It's that simple. And ultimately, what you can take away from that is that the Crown Prosecutor's Office did their job incredibly well. 
they were able to follow protocol properly they made sure that they weren't conflicted out the person whose actual job to make sure that this doesn't happen did her job perfectly she took it seriously Goddard, right yeah kimberly Goddard did an amazing job props to her good Mm -hmm. for you lady like way to way to save the justice system single-handedly right because clearly our politicians aren't helping you out much Mm -hmm. um and and so she did a wonderful job in dealing with that and like i said all the props to her um it wasn't because marguerite trussler trussler's legend yeah trussler's legend in this province and you know those of you who are uh going to attack her as either um a conservative fan or a left-leaning socialist activist judge, you're all wrong. Marguerite and also, Tressler, if, gonna, if everyone's going to do it, then clearly everyone is wrong. Exactly. LOL. And Marguerite Tressler is one of the most brilliant legal minds in this province, and she doesn't bend to anyone. No, and, and I and I just I just want to shout out I want to shout her out for the massive shade she threw at Ezra Levant. Um, apparently he got involved in this uh uh, cluster and um she was disappointed in someone who had legal training since he's no longer a lawyer and i just want to put that out there again for everyone (laughs) that ezra levant is no longer a lawyer uh, and hasn't been since i was in law school stop accepting legal advice from ezra levant from ezra levant he's not a lawyer okay I just He's want to still say not a lawyer. I just want to say I am responsible only for my words on this podcast. If oh, Levant wants to me, sue anybody, care. don't I'm mm, and if mm. Kathleen goes really off here, it's not making it. Anyways, go. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. I listen yeah, later. I, I will protect you. <laughs> um whatever. Just get in line. Um <laughs> What I really enjoyed about her recommendations, and this is so sad. This is like Daniel, this is Daniel Smith um, adjacent, but I'm pretty sure that it is also because of a lot of people that are running for office that have no fucking clue why they are doing this other than they get to be an MLA. One of the rec- there one of the recommendations that that she or that the ethics commissioner did come up with is I quote all new members of the legislative assembly of Alberta attend mandatory training upon election about the structure of Canadian government and the roles of the three branches of government. Oh my God! Isn't that social thirty? Well, I was just social thirty. Like, I'm yeah, pretty, I'm sure, pretty that sure, sure that was grade seven. I'm pretty sure that was grade seven. I was going to go with eight me. or nine, but yeah, junior high. That's junior high like, knowledge. This is, this is, and now granted, I have forgotten I a from. lot of, I forgot a lot of things that my teachers were, were trying to, you know, get me to understand in grade nine or eight or seven. Um, I didn't bring a lot of that with me, maybe, but this is just an embarrassment one like one would think absolute embarrassment one would think that the premier of alberta would have this basic knowledge especially given she is a university graduate she has a degree in double major she's got um bachelor of arts in 
and she i i english english and economics and economics yes double major more so, importantly she's a politician who has spent a lot of time giving our prime minister shit over doing similar things yes. to then turn around <laughs> and do the exact same thing oh, um was, or oh this but, is even worse okay but now she's outright lying now she's outright lying and they put out this letter saying that she did nothing wrong Oh, yes. Okay, so that was that's, that was kind of the other thing that happened. That's in was complete contradiction like, to the report. We have been vindicated because nah, the CBC lied no, no. and the NDP lied. Like, that was, it was just like this, this, um... No, this, oh, no. The best part is, is it's only a lie because she's too dumb to tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I found some missed opportunities. Um, I did attend a, I attended a candidate forum in Brooks because Brooks is close ish to me, right? It's an hour away. So, and of course, Daniel Smith was going to be there and uh, the Alberta party leader was also in that debate, Barry Morishita, as well as uh, the NDP candidate, Gwendolyn Dirk. We're, we're talking about someone who, um, who is just the, like, she's the candidate out in Brooks Medicine Hat right? She's not the leader. She's not someone who's even been an MLA before. Like she, but, and, and she did. Okay. She had a whole lot of things to say and she couldn't manage to get them all out. So, I mean, sometimes she was confusing and I could tell where she was going because I'm really nerdy. So I knew what she was doing. I knew where she was going. And then it was like, she didn't quite get there. (laughs) So I was able to follow that, but Smith gave a pretty decent overview of what it was going to look like. NDP bad, NDP bad, NDP bad. And it was just Trudeau NDP alliance. Yeah. Like it was, it was, but but are you, but are you surprised? I mean, I, I I I would say even some of the things she said last night that you live tweeted and I angrily commented back on, um, (laughs) mostly no and that's not how that works and i probably could have just replied to every tweet being like that's not how that works i get one tweet i get one response from Lindsay. it's no (laughs) (laughs) um you know for instance uh uh she floated the idea of having the alberta um uh mortgage and housing corporation corporation to rival the cmhc well here's because why because why because because there isn't enough housing in Alberta. No, no, because no, because we can make lower interest rates. Ah, uh, because yes, we so can apparently just set rates. our own, yeah. and that's not how that works, kids. That is not <laughs> how, not how that, that works. shit and works so, like, at to all. To be clear, the CMHC that's does Canadian not give out loans. Housing Corporation yeah. right. does not give out loans. <laughs> no, what it does. Yeah. It's an insurance insurance company, kids. (laughs) Why don't people, I don't under, how does the premier not know? No, it's an insurer. To be clear. So step one, the CMHC is an insurer. It is not a lender. Second. No, I'm sorry. Like this like breaks my, my brain. Part of the reason the CMHC as an insurer works, and we do have two private um uh mortgage default insurers in Canada as well, yeah. Canada Guarantee and um oh fuck who's the other one? Um there's another one. You don't need to know who it is. None of you care. 
Um, <laughs> Jen Worth. There we go. Um, uh, the reason it works is because in order for insurance to work, you have to have a diversified pool of risk. Right. And if you have it all in one place, it's not diversified enough. Remember 2007? So Remember the housing crisis? Remember what happened in 2007? That is not diversifying. It's not diverse enough. And so when you have issues that are very province-centric, like an oil crash, and you have defaults go up, um, you will never be able to maintain lower interest rates on that or lower premium rates on that insurance if you cannot diversify your risk across different um, uh, geographic centers. And so that's an insane, insane idea. I don't think anyone has thought it through more than I have in the last 24 <laughs> hours because it pisses me off. Oh, um, there, the there are a few. Thing. Can I, can I just I throw this the out there? Thing. Yeah. That stupid tweet, that one stupid tweet in the middle of my whole tweet thread on here's the candidate forum has beaten my last month's tweet impressions. Last month, last yeah. month. Yes. Yeah, because that's, that's not off. how that works. <laughs> yeah. That's not how that works. And to <laughs> be clear, to be clear, one of the most entertaining things about the Canadian housing strategy that was brought out by the Trudeau liberals is it's all based on programs out of Alberta, actually out of <laughs> Calgary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and to be clear, <laughs> if you were not dealing with housing as a spectrum issue, all the way from making sure that we have shelters to home ownership, then you are not doing it right. And we have an issue and always have had an issue in this province with um, your mortgage payments being less than your rent because we have yeah. really low yeah. rental uh, vacancies and so, and low housing stock. And anyways, I could go on about this for literally ever. So let's yeah. stop talking about it right. because I'm thinking right now. And the the TLDR of that is Danielle. That's not how that works, right? No, right. Which is that's which is a lot of yeah. It and that was, I mean, that was kind of a a bit of a theme for the evening. And one thing that I have to say, I've I've never seen, I've never seen Barry Morrissey to debate. Um, now, of course, Brooks Medicine Hat is his home area. Uh, Brooks, he's the former mayor, former mayor of Brooks. He was a counselor in Brooks. He knows the issues in Brooks, right? And Barry is the, uh, he is the Alberta party candidate and and he is the Alberta party leader. leader. Yeah. And he, you know, he, um, he got really fired up a couple of times because they're possible. Well, yeah, because they've, they were working on, and this was, so this was news to me that there's a um a facility that they've been trying to build in Bassano and the way that he brought it up was kind of fantastic cuz he's like I just turned 57 he's like when i was 49 we proposed this facility it was a multi-use facility they were going to um they were going to house long-term care they were going to house uh AHS like there was a, there was a number of things that they were doing at this facility he's like we did five reports since I was 49, we did like we did costing, we had everything on the table, and there were governments that said, Yep, we're gonna help you out. And then they would pull money. And he said, and then there were governments that said, How can we help you out? And we did it all again. And we sat down and he said, if they would just 
leave us alone to do this? He said it would have been done by now. And I, I, I mean, really, I really kind of enjoyed that argument to just say, again, like we have a, we have an adversarial government, like an adversarial opposition. We have, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we have had a government for the last four years that doesn't want to work with the federal, doesn't want to work with the feds, uh, is at war with the municipalities as well. And then you've got somebody who's just like, leave us alone. I mean, how more UCP can you get? Leave us alone. Let us do the job that we need to do to get the things that we need in our area. How is that? A, like, how on earth is that a problem? Like, it was it was really interesting because from the perspective of someone who's been there and been there for a while and just saying things like, we just need government to get out of our way. And it's kind of like, isn't that the UCP line? I mean, but, I'm just saying. You know, what, to be. That, you know that that's my, that's sort of my, my, same take on renewable energy, right? Um, yeah. I work in, oh. <laughs> I work a lot of that space. And Lindsay's this is what like, I'm yelling about. Government needs to get out of the way. Government needs to stop, yeah. government needs to stop putting their no, hands in this. Stop talking about it. Stop even talking. I don't need you to talk about it because everything you say makes it worse. doesn't matter what side it is. And this, this, is, this was the first half of the debate for me was Lindsay going, just fucking leave it alone. Get out of it. <laughs> you shouldn't be anywhere it. near it. Stop <laughs> touching shit. Because here's the thing, it's happening. This is the best part. And I love how they're like, make it sound like nothing's happening. Renewable energy <laughs> is coming to Alberta. It is here. We have funding. It has funding been for years. In. It has been for years. This shit does not happen overnight. Right. Imperial does not wake up one day and go, we're going to decarbonize. Tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow we're going to start. <laughs> right? Like, this is not... It's not instant. It is not something that's come up all of a sudden. These are plans that have been in the works for a long time. And the thing that annoys the crap out of me is that we would be so much further ahead. I can tell you as someone who talks to funders from across the world, funding projects in this province, that I have to explain that our government can't actually do anything on the regular basis. Mm-hmm. And they ha- it's actually an independent commission that deals with this, right? That grid connections are done by the- by ISO. They're done by the AUC. This has nothing to do with this government or any government or a change in government. And like, to be <laughs> clear, it will be fine. And if I had to, if I could spend less time having to explain our government to people who want to put their money in this province, that would be excellent. <laughs> Honest to God. And I say that as someone who's like actively working in this space. And so, like I said, it drives me up the wall. And I'm going, that's a perfect segue for the other thing that was driving Lindsay up the wall, which is people taking responsibility or blaming people for economic conditions far out of their control. I'm so sorry, Danielle Smith, that the price of oil worldwide tanked. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I am with you. You are all wrong. wrong. And and it pisses me off. And like, at the end of the day, like all of this drives me insane because whether it's policy that takes decades to actually like implement um, and and changes um, or it's world economic conditions, or we can talk forever ad nauseum about why the carbon price is the way it is, but I can assure you that it has very little to do with this fucking province. And it was going to happen no matter who was here. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter 
who forms government, it's not going to affect our economy because you know what? The people that made decisions to come here did so five years ago because the conditions are good for them no matter who's in government. And, you know, this this whole the NDP cost investment. No, no, a a, an oil price drop cost investment. Oil cost investment. And ultimately it may have put a pause on it for a hot second, but the fact that nothing changed after, and we've talked about this before on previous podcasts, um, the fact that very little change in the bureaucracy sort of post the 2015 win Mm -hmm. really speaks to the fact that that actually was quite a stable transition and it didn't really result in changes that people were concerned about, but not willing to move you know, companies over, mm-hmm. right? And the Ultimately, other, it, and takes- it all comes down to there's more things going on. And this is where I will complain about the media bubble that is in Alberta and is available to Albertans is that we don't know what is going on outside of our borders. And I'm sorry, but Alberta in the grand scheme of things is pretty fucking small. Pretty insignificant. It, it kind of is. And there's all of these other I know things that going hurts. on. I know that hurts, right? Alberta, it's but <laughs> it's time to grow We're up. Not the center it's of time the to grow up. We're actually not. Yeah. And it I was mean, just... it's also not Toronto. Like, fuck them. But like, yeah. it's not always. <laughs> always. Fuck Toronto forever. Forever and ever. Fuck um, Toronto. But, like, fuck the Leafs. By the way, our stats are still good in Toronto. <laughs> Oh, whatever. I don't care. We um, love you, I, Toronto. But we my don't dog's love the name Pearson and it's not after the airport. That's all you need to know. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, it's there's there are wider macro issues that are being dealt with. And the fact that we have, you know, what is ostensibly what are local state politicians trying to blame each other uh yeah. about about things that are like so far out of their control, like you might as well be like the fires are your fault, right? Oh, wait, because- but they have done that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've we seen that. We were seeing that. <laughs> I know. And I was trying to be facetious, but apparently it didn't you, work. Yeah, you were um, trying, but unfortunately. I was trying I was like- yet. Um, it's okay. Clearly there are yeah. conspiracy. Um, but How many I, days it- till this shit is all over? 10. 11. I mean, well, I mean so vote, much voting more day weed. is 11. Um, I, I officially, there is nothing more I can do as of 10 days from now. I'm going to need so much more weed. <laughs> I, 11 more days. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to close it out with basically okay. um, nobody, nobody won. Nobody really lost. It didn't change nobody the lost. dial. We all wasted an hour. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it wasn't. You know what? Not every. Both had their moments. They both had their moments tonight. I think Smith was far better prepared than anybody uh, expected her to be. I think she does well on camera because she's a media person. That's her trade. She knows the camera. She knows how to look, and she knows how to connect with an audience. Uh, I think Notley came across as sincere and in command for the last half, but looked uncomfortable for the first 10 to 15 minutes. And I think it was a waste of everybody's goddamn time. <laughs> Not every debate can be a zinger. And in fact, most aren't. Um, and, and I will say, you know, I don't think that this is going to move the needle much. I think what's going to move the needle is going to be... Um, 
wider dissemination of some of these um, comments that came either at local debates, whether they came from local candidates who have made some pretty egregious statements um, either in the mm. last week or they've come up in the last mm. week. Um, and as as that becomes more of an issue, and, and I think those are going to be the things that people talk about. I don't. I think this debate is is a is a giant nothing burger. Um, it had to happen. Um, I think it would have been more interesting yeah. had we had more than just the you know the two the literally two, uh, anyone leaders. else added to that <laughs> yeah i mean you know uh we could have had barry we could have had john rogavine from the liberals we could have had i don't know whoever leads the green party um Jordan i mean Willoughby. arthur Pulowski. oh wait no he's not the leader anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh we no i think he was reinstated was he no oh, no yeah, he's i think the, they he's took the, the leader of the sol- no he's the leader of mm-hmm. the solidarity movement of alberta now oh okay. gosh but oh, I mean, here, here's <laughs> I the thing: we, we, could have had, we could have had other people up here. I don't know that. I mean, I, I appreciate and understand why the debate committee decided to only do the two that had seats. Because if you don't, where do you where do you draw the line between, you know, uh, you know? And that, that's always been the parties. rule, hasn't it? You had to it, have it has, an elected official has. when 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 the legislature dissolved. Correct. And I think actually it's not even elected official. It's always been you had to have party status in the legislature. Oh. And so um, it has been has been quite the thing. And so um, the Alberta party did have party status there for a hot minute. Okay. Um, and it was particularly because that party status and that that how close they got was really the result of two people crossing the floor. And um, and and fr- one from the NDP and one from uh, the, um, the PCs. Um, and so one came from each side and they decided collectively that they weren't going to leave them out in the cold just because they were one person short. And it also would have, it also stopped them from trying to recruit further to gain that party status. And so that was really a way to, to, to stem the bleeding because there was quite a number of floor crossings, um, that happened okay. um, and, and so that but that's really where that 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 came from it was last thing was last thing i promised to bring up an idea what if daniel smith was on a polygraph that beeped loudly every time she lied worth it polygraphs are an inconclusive form of <laughs> evidence in court <laughs> and i don't think that that is particularly useful for anything i'm sorry patricia um, Lindsay's a lawyer and Kathleen is lawyer adjacent, so she's going to do lawyer the same thing. Adjacent, <laughs> you're lawyer adjacent. I like it. It sounds bougie. It does. It is bougie. <laughs> and on that note, yeah. On that note, we are on Substack. You can subscribe. You can even pay for a subscription. We're also on Patreon uh, because things got confusing. Ladies, women of baby Polly, this is our province. This is our problem. Where's my pie? 